Hello, Peter C. Hine here. In episode 18 of VASE, we interviewed author and researcher Catherine J. Preston about her book, The Le Mans Zodiac, in which she describes her discovery of a terrestrial zodiac spanning the counties of Lancashire, Manchester and Cheshire. At the centre of this zodiac is Round Loaf, a Neolithic man-made mound, or pre-Neolithic according to some, which sits in the weird desolate moorlands of Anglesark in Lancashire, and from which, according to Catherine Preston, ley lines radiate out into the surrounding country. Tales of UFOs, cryptids and other supernatural phenomena are plentiful in these parts. On 6th of May 2023, we met up with friend of the show Rick Bennett, a lifelong resident of this strange landscape, at the Utri Inn in Anglesark, where we had a chat with him and talked about some of his own personal experiences, and then he took us up to Roundloaf to have a taste of some of this high strangeness for ourselves. So basically, it was, uh, we're going back maybe, I think three and a half years ago now. It was a um, really beautiful sunny day and I was taking my son to school, literally just two minutes from here, literally around the corner. And um, I was driving down, what's the name of the road now? I can't remember the name of the road, but either way, I'm in a van which is quite high up. You know, the seats are quite high up so we can see over over both walls and um, we're talking about half past seven in the morning here and I look over and um, what I could only describe was like a, a dog man like literally pelting it through the field to my right to my right it was heading like in an easterly direction towards like Blackburn and that but it was it was huge it was absolutely ginormous when you say dog man like what was it the body of a man and the head of a dog or what was the it was like it had legs like a rottweiler right like you know with a bowed yeah the bone mm-hmm. legs and it was massive it was absolutely massive because it had like like a I'd say like a, a human torso shape but it weren't running on two feet it was running on four or four legs and it was purely black and grey in colour and honestly it, it was absolutely going I'd say roughly between 30 and 40 miles an hour in speed wow. and uh, <clears throat> I was doing about 20 um, and like I say it was a fleeting moment we, I saw it going, going across the field and then the moment was over Yeah. and it's like my emotional response to that was like nah nah you know uh, what that didn't happen what was its head like it was like a canine. Right, so its head was doggish. I'm just yeah. trying to get an idea of that picture. Yeah, like its canine head, bowed legs like a Rottweiler, huge, huge t- torso. How big do you reckon, approximately? Like, compared to, say, a human or a Rottweiler or whatever? <clears throat> I saw it from the back, right? So, if I got a side profile view, it would have been a lot easier to describe the size of it. I guess, yeah. But. You couldn't determine the length. No, but it was like. 
I'd say it's hard to say I could say it's like it comes up to here but that's no yeah. good for your listeners <laughs> oh, you, say, you have your hand about four foot off the ground yeah there. I'd yeah. say about four foot right so considerably bigger than a dog oh but god yeah like, oh yeah. god yeah it was a big, as big as a calf maybe but sort of human but in, like in a way too yeah and like humany body like canine head and bowed legs like a rottweiler This is actually uh, Angle's Ark now, this footpath that we're going down. And you can see all the TV mast in the distance. Right. There's also Angle's Ark and you can just see Belmont just poking up over the top there. Okay. And um, we're on the footpath here, heading towards uh, uh, Round Loaf. As you can see here, I'm starting to get out of breath already. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> can, we, can, you, can we see it yet or not? No. Hiya. Hiya. Hi guys, you all right? No, you can't see Brown Loaf yet. It's behind these trees, this group of trees over here. I'm imagining it to look like uh, the mountain on um, Close Encounters. Kind of close, kind of close, <laughs> yeah. Cool. These, uh, these footpaths here, though, in all these fields, this is where all the sheep mutilations happened. Oh, there were sheep mutilations? Okay, we'll have yeah, to, we'll have to get yeah, you on that are well, well documented by Mick McLaren. Name drop, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, and he's, he's, he's a decent researcher. Um, and did you say this land was owned by? It, it was originally owned by the Knights uh, Hospitalist, right. uh, commonly known as Knights Templar. And um, not sure what happened with them to uh, relinquish the uh, landowners, but they definitely owned uh, the vast majority of the land up here. Right, it makes you wonder, doesn't it? Many years ago, yeah. And all this where we are now. This moor is Angle's Ark. Yes. All of this is, yeah. And you mentioned that later on in the ownership of this land, it was owned by a Mr. Babylon. Oh, yeah, Babylon Lane in Adlington, yeah. which is like the, the road that leads up to uh, the beginning of Angle's Ark and the beginning of Rivington was owned by a Mr. Babylon that owned the deeds. We to, just uh, drove, we drove past Babylon Lane. No yeah. Idea. He owned the deeds and stuff like that to uh, the main drag up into Rivington and Belmont. That's why the road is called uh, Babylon Lane. It's an odd surname, that. I've never heard that surname. <laughs> no, I've never heard of a Mr. Babylon either. It's got some serious mojo, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's <laughs> a, a strange synchronicity. What do you think it is about this area which lends itself to the weirdness, so to speak? No, that's a good question, mate. That's a good question. I think, I think the fact that it's so isolated around here yeah. could factor into it. Um, obviously, you do occasionally get UFO encounters in city centres, but it's like one in a hundred. It's always like isolated places that are out of the way. Yeah. Um, what could be drawing them to this area in particular? I'm not entirely sure whether it's the communication towers that we've got. I'm just looking at them right now, actually. <laughs> or whether it's like the lead mines that yeah. they're attracted to. Because, I mean, it's, it's often the case, isn't it, that, um, like, say, UFO and Bigfoot sightings happen in the same area. And it seems like the, the, 
these kind of areas of high strangeness, um, you know, it all seems to be related. It could be, could be a ley line thing too. Yeah. The fact that the, the whole area is just peppered, completely yeah. peppered with and ley that, lines. That would explain the stuff. Like that would kind of tie in with the stuff with that we spoke to Catherine Preston about in terms of the round loaf and stuff. Yeah, I mean, she was talking about how UFOs often follow the paths of ley lines and that kind of thing as well, wasn't she? As you can see, these trees over here, half of them, well, maybe a quarter of them have, have perished now because of a, a fungus that got into them a couple of years ago. Uh, the council managed to slow it down or maybe even stop it, but you can see the yeah. damage is absolutely extensive. If you could get a bird's eye view, you could actually see it's more, it's like it is nearly half. It looks, uh, it looks pretty messed up. But that, that has spread all the way over to Healing Ab and White Coppice and heading towards Chorley. Right. It's spread like wildfire. I'm normally a fan of fungus, but that's not the helpful kind, is it really? It's definitely not the helpful kind, no. But the views are astonishing, absolutely. So where we're walking now, this is like the build up to the loaf. This is like the UFO hotspot for where we are in the region. All around here, walkers have seen UFOs of all shapes and different sizes. Circular orbs, discs, saucers. It's, um, it's interesting how much it resembles Ilkley Moor, which is the UFO hotspot me and Hyam visited last summer. Um, it's got that same like coarse, coarse shrubbery kind of yeah. ground going on. It's eerie and desolate and yeah. just pure abandoned, but you could see why maybe like our Bronze Age Neolithic ancestors probably liked it up here. Well, there's a lot of um, view in terms of tactically. Yeah, yeah, for see. sure. Yeah, and, and when you get up there as well, you can see you can actually see the, the ocean on a, on a clear day. Is um, so up there? Is that Rivington? Yep, that over there, Rivington we, Pike. That's the Rivington Pike where you can see the large castle. And is the castle on top? Is that the, is that a man-made hill? Ooh, that's debatable. That's a hot topic. Is it? Yeah, I personally think that this is a natural formation because there's also been, uh, like once a year, when the, um, when, when the grass grows, you can actually see the remains of an outlooking post on just on the other side of the castle. Okay. You can see where it was. Now, nobody knows who made that and when. Could it have been Roman? Could right. it have been earlier than that? I personally think it was earlier. But, but yeah, you can, Im you can imagine the task it would be to, to cart all that earth up that hill to make a watch post like that. You know, yeah, it's when it's much. already yeah. on a hill. Yeah. It's already pretty tactically good. So yeah, the, the actual Winter Hill, in my opinion, is natural formation. Mm. Um, there's also been debate about round loaf, whether that's natural as well. Yeah, because I know Catherine. Some archeologists say it's remnants from the, the last ice age, you know, like a- Like a, like a deposit. Yeah. Because yeah. Catherine Preston thinks it's, uh, thinks it's man-made, doesn't she? But. It's hard to tell, really. It's weird seeing it, like, after having talked about it. For so long. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, it was, yeah. we first met Catherine and, like, read her book, like, back at, before Christmas, like, last year, so. I'm, I'm getting goosebumps all up my arms the closer we get to it. Yeah. From the sounds of it, 
from things that you've talked about and stuff it sounds like there's a lot of weird stuff goes down up on that hill and in that area yeah for sure I yeah, mean, didn't you say there was like a big UFO? Yeah, there's been there's been UFO reports in this area for decades. And have yeah. you seen a UFO? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. It was back in 1995 um, when I lived in Chorley with my parents. We had outside of our kitchen window, we had basically a panoramic view of all the Pike, uh, Rivington, Winter Hill. We could see it all. Mm. And um, uh, one morning, my mum and dad called me over, like, you know, come and look at this outside the window and uh, what we saw over over Angles Arc and Rivington was like <clears throat> what I could only describe as like silver baubles you know like a bauble you hang on your Christmas tree yeah mm. perfectly sphere yeah and silver and there was three of them and they were all just you know just like playing with each other like midges like yeah, they'd, they'd yeah, move yeah. like wow. they'd move like left right up down and they weren't like constrained by natural conditions yeah so like you know, no, they, they could just go at a right angle yeah like that yeah. How long did you observe them for? At least five minutes. And then right. they went up into the air, like all three, and then they were gone. It sounds similar to the stuff that um, Mark Wilkinson's described in Mirage Men, doesn't it? Like, the, doesn't he describe near the start, like how he saw the, the sphere, the silver sphere, yeah. like bouncing down and stuff? Yeah. So, were... I mean, is it, where's the nearest um, sort of military facility to here? Is there anything? Uh, probably. Wharton Wharton of course yeah. the club. and there's also a um, a secret ammunition facility near, right. near uh, Wheelton or White Coppice right okay yeah, that's, like I saw that on the map it's 10 minutes 10-15 minutes from here because um, wasn't there a place where um, where's all the stuff where's the place where all the stuff's buried underground um, that's it is that it yeah yeah that's the secret ammunition base there's also uh, steam engines in there in case there's uh, nuclear fallout in Great wow. Britain, and we lose we lose electricity, so they need steam engines in case they need to keep transport. Wow. What was up. your feeling about what those spheres were? Do you think that they were military? Do you think they were alien? Do you think that they were ultra-terrestrial? Or what's your uh, what's your best guess? Well, I think about it a lot, mm. as you can imagine, and um, there's a couple of things I can I can I, can, I think uh, I've got a couple of favourite theories that I like. They were they were either domestic, which is kind of boring. <laughs> but you know, it doesn't doesn't say much to think that it could be a drone, mm. you know, because mm. the way that they were moving, um, unhindered by natural conditions, there's absolutely no way something living in that ball would be alive. Yeah, the way that they were moving, um, and the fact that all three of them went shot up in the air and left at the same time mm. definitely shows that there's some intelligent controller there. Um, and this was 95, wasn't it? This was before drones were a household object. Mm, a household, yeah. you know, this was before drones were something that anyone could buy off Amazon. For sure, yeah, this is like 95. No one would have even heard of a drone. So, but yeah, it's, if, it's, if, it's not, if it's not domestic, I'd say it's um, the greys as well, because they are they aren't organic are they They're sort of like part organic part not organic so they, they'd probably be able to survive the way that these um, spheres were moving well, yeah and this like what size wise as well like were they, were they kind of the size of a mini right okay so they're pretty big then oh yeah yeah we could right. see them from our house which is six miles it was six miles right. basically as the crow flies it's six miles from my house to something that big but moving that fast as well that's like 
crazy propulsion. Like moving that with that kind of the way I'm imagining it is is sort of the best way I can describe it is imagine you've got three laser pens and you're just yeah. doing that with laser pens and the light is shining on the wall and you can see that's what that's the, exactly the kind of movement I could describe it as. Have you seen anything else like that since? Um, I think even before that, I, th- I have a vague recollection of a, of a UFO encounter when I was young, but it's kind of it's kind of hazy, sort of like, did it really happen? So it's kind of like, I'm not sure. Like, Basically, I, I think I had a flying saucer experience that went straight over my head. Right. I, I remember a saucer-shaped thing with lights going around the side, but I was really young, so I don't know. I can't say for sure if I was... If I yeah. if I imagined it or what, but yeah. but I definitely did not imagine the the spheres because mm-hmm. my mum and dad were there as well. So it's now what time is it? It's twenty five minutes past eleven. Twenty five minutes past eleven. Saturday the 6th of May and we're approaching Round Loaf. Very thick shrubbery. It's um it's kind of tickling my calves in quite a pleasant way though. <laughs> Listener, you should know that I, Buckley, am wearing shorts. Whereas my two companions here have gone for adult trousers. Adult trousers, <laughs> thick, <laughs> thick denim. Big boy pants. These are very practical shorts though. I mean they've got Camo, so that no one can see me. Yeah. Pockets. No, they can't see your legs. No, well, they can't see. They can see the bottom half of my legs, but not the parts that are covered up with the shorts. Well, no, the so groin. You'll have, a, you'll have a missing groin. <laughs> yeah. When, 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 when you launch your attack, they'll see this crazy groinless creature walking down from round low. But if there's any archers, they won't be able to target my groin. No. Well, that's true. They'll just kind of get your head and heart <laughs> and ankles. <laughs> Okay, so we're uh we're doing a tarot reading up on the top of Round Loaf. It's it's quite a dramatic looking place. <laughs> it's a very dramatic looking place. Yeah. It's great though. There's a pile of stones here, like a cairn. Has that always been there in, since you've been coming here? Or? Yeah, that's literally always been there. Those stones, forever. They've been there for... for Decades probably. It's probably best we don't move them then. No. Has anyone got any questions they'd like to chuck out? Absolutely any questions. I think we should have something referring to where we are. Yeah. Like what's the What kind of spread are you gonna do? Probably just chuck out five cards. Yeah. And so and so how how do you normally divide up the five? Is there any is there any particular sort of um, reasoning as you go through them I'll just go through it linear like depending on what the question is what kind of questions does it lend itself to that sort of spread presumably like yes no it probably isn't a good a five card spread is like just a general general inquiry right if you would and I just go from left to right depending on what cards come out I'll, I might go 
I might make a link between card one and card four and five, mm. or I might see a link between card two and three, mm. and I'll just slowly dissect it like that, little by little, and before you know it, your querent has got some information that they can take to the bank with them, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like Buckley says, we should do something connected to the place. Yeah, um, about the relevance, maybe, or... Is yeah, it? yeah, we could, we could ask about the, um, the power or something that's here to do with the ley lines, maybe, or whether whether it's a place of spiritual contact or, um, or something like that, or, um, you know, should, can we ask something as general? Is, is there a message from the spirits of the land or something That's like a nice that? one. Yeah, yeah, that's a nice one. Okay. Okay, I've been shuffling now for like five minutes, so I think it's sufficiently shuffled. So we'll... We'll just chuck out five cards, and what we're looking for now is there any kind of message from anything dwelling in and around. Let's try and put the cards down so they don't. So they don't blow away. Blow away. I'll, I'll come in a bit closer. That's an excellent idea. That. Right. Pulling out some, uh, some pretty enough. strong cards here. Yeah. Is it all right if I touch them? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Do you want to move that bottle just a bit this way and then it's covering them all up? Okay, so the message that I'm getting here that there was some kind of settlement here a long time ago. A settlement that was unfortunately uh, taken away in very, very quick succession. Now I'm getting this link from the, the Devil card and the Tower card. Should we say um, what the cards that we've pulled are for the people who are listening? That's a great idea. So we've had we've got two Major Arcana and we've got three Minor Arcana. We've got the Devil in card one position. We've got the, the Seven of Cups in card two. We've got the Six of Pentacles. Sorry, that's four, is it? Yeah. We've got the Six of Pentacles in card three position. Then you've got the Major Arcana Tower in four. And the nine of wands in card five. The devil just flew towards me then. <laughs> yeah, the devil card literally just slapped. <laughs> so yeah, the, the the message that I'm receiving here from these from this spread is that there was there was some kind of tribe here. This is going from this the uh, the, the six of pentacles, which is kind of like it could it could like mean trading or charity or anything to do with exchange so to me that could be a sort of tribe yeah. that's living hand to mouth um, this the nine of wands these these minor arcana tell us a bit of a story so we'll put these two for one side right now so these three minor arcana for me they're telling a bit of a story about who was here okay so like the five um, the seven of cups difficult choices for someone that was here once upon a time. And this one could represent, obviously, a tribe that was living here hand to mouth. And this one, the Nine of Wands, this could symbolize people hanging on too dearly to something that they find precious but isn't doing them any good anymore. Which could that be relevant to us right now as well? Not saying that this isn't precious, but just as in, is any other reading also relevant to us? Or will it only be relevant to the question that we asked? This is me channeling the question that right. that Chaz has asked, definitely for sure. This is what I'm getting most of all right now because I'm getting that I'm getting like a 
a feeling in my stomach which is telling me I'm on the right the right track okay. with, with the reading. I know when it's a bad reading and I'll just say, let's start no. again. Yeah. But I know that this is a good reading. So I'm getting like the, this card for me, the nine, the, the the nine, the nine of ones is this, this tribe was here once upon a time and I think that they ran into difficulty but they loved it up here so much they really struggled to move and that's why they were holding on to something so precious. This one here symbolizes that maybe once upon a time, maybe, bef you know, you know, like the weather changes and the scenery might have been a lot different back then. Right now mm. it's just pure peaty. There's not much vegetation in terms of what you can actually grow. So maybe it was different back then for them. Maybe it was like very green, you know, very prosperous, you know, harvests and whatnot. Um, this card symbolizes having to make a difficult choice. So this, this is the Seven of Cups. Yeah. This is the Seven of Cups uh, Minor Arcana card. And you can see that with these cups that there's a couple of them that are nice decisions. You've got like jewellery, you've got something here that's winning, that symbolises winning and fortune, and you've got this ghost looking thing. And then you've got a snake, so at some point in the past, this, the, whoever was living up here, they would have had to make some serious choices. And the, now going back to these two Minor Arcana, that came out in this five card spread. So basically, I think the devil is probably matched up with this one. So the devil card could symbolize addiction. So, oh. so it matches up with the nine of wands. Yeah, it matches up with the nine of wands because basically the nine of wands, the guy's holding onto something too tightly, something that he's got passion mm. with. And the devil card could be a, a good match for this card because obviously the devil card is about addiction and hanging onto things too tightly. Things that you could easily do without, but you're addicted to it. Mm. So these two cards could be paired up. It's strange because that's relevant to a conversation that we were having walking up here, wasn't it? And the fact oh, that it yeah. flew towards me as well. Yeah, yeah and it, <laughs> it slapped you in the face. And um, yeah, and I think probably the tower is probably what ended up happening in the end. Now, the, when you draw the tower card in a reading, it's, it, it can never be a nice. It can never ever be, unless it's unless you do reversals. But I don't really do reverse readings. But um, but I think the tower upright it symbolises things that are going on in your life, which all of a sudden the rugs pulled out from underneath you, and then some. I'm talking absolute chaos in your life. Mm. So I think this is the actual end, the end game for whatever spirits are trying to communicate with me right now. They're trying to tell me that this was. The timeline. I think this is what the timeline was here. Once upon a time, it was good, and then they had to make some difficult decisions. The wrong decisions were made, and they had to hang on to what they loved. But it was doing them no good because the devil card was there. The devil card was saying you could do without these addictions, and then all of a sudden, this is what you get. You do this, this is what you get, and I'm showing the tower card at the end for people that are yeah. listening. And also, listeners should know that we can literally see a tower as well up on the next hill. Shit, yeah. Right, <laughs> that's... Two towers, you can just about see the pigeon tower as well. Yeah. That was my first thought when I saw the tower. I was just like, oh, there is a tower. <laughs> yeah, there is. So, yeah, that, that for me is... I'm getting a good feeling about that. That Like, I've got something right 
there, to be yeah, honest. Yeah. I th- I'm quite happy with that reading. That sounds really good. And, and for listeners, you're using uh, just a standard uh, Rider Waite Smith deck. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. I love this deck. It, it speaks to me, and um, I feel like I'm attuned to it. To sound cheesy, but mm. I absolutely no, know. that's fine. I mean, that's it's back to that whole thing, isn't it? Like with uh, magic and intuition, that being the, the yeah, important for sure. Thing. Yeah, I know. I know when I'm really enjoying reading a spread, I'm actually onto something, and I had fun doing that. To be honest, I know it was only a short reading, but they don't always need to be 45 minutes long. Right. Is um just slightly off topic? Is that white building down there the uh, the Mormon church? That one over there, yeah. yeah. That is, yeah. Was it the first one in the UK? The biggest one in the UK. It's the not UK. the it's okay. not the only one, but it's definitely the biggest. The Mormon, yeah. That being the um. The Mormon. It's an alien religion. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> cool. Yeah, we get them a lot around our house. They are really super nice, but yeah. Do you guys have any any little questions? That anything, it could be significant or it could be as insignificant for what are you going to have for tea tomorrow? Uh-huh. Um, I, I'm, I'm okay with questions. I mean, uh, let's see if... Um, I, I guess we could ask something to do with like... Um, what about something to do with like our 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 investigations of round love? That's what I was like thinking. That, yeah, like... something about about how we best make use of our time whilst we're up here, or something like that. Or, or, or like yeah. I don't even necessarily think whilst we're here, but just in terms of going yeah. forward in the future, just yeah. like what should we look at? What should we investigate in in? Relation to round love. Okay, that's good. Oh, there we go. Mm, What's that? First card one. What is it? The Wheel of Fortune. Okay. Oh my god. So yeah, um, I was shuffling my cards and the Wheel of Fortune popped out. Um, So basically, um, for me, the Wheel of Fortune is can symbolise anything going in any which way direction. Right. So imagine a um, uh, imagine a roulette wheel. Well, it, that reminds me immediately of the where we are right now in the centre of that. Yeah, for sure. And those are the ley lines coming off. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! Yeah. Jesus Christ, Buckley, that's insane. Yeah, that was. I mean, for that to I know fling out. Fuck all about tarot, but that's just like the. First You're making thing. an instant connection there. Honestly, that's in, that's really well spotted. Even I didn't see that. But yeah, the the wheel of fortune it it, it symbolises the look that you could potentially have in the future. And um, so you can imagine like a, a roulette wheel where, you know, green, if you land on green, it's good luck. If you land yeah. on red, it's bad luck. You're like saying you're, you're having a very green few couple of days, maybe weeks, months. Then all of a sudden you'll spin the roulette wheel and you'll land on red and then your look's going to change. So it's kind of like that in, in you know, keeping in mind the, the how chaotic the universe can be and how you look your look can change like instantaneously maybe sometimes even overnight again we were talking just before about uncertainty mm. yeah we were talking about uncertainty before so these cards so. are all very seem all very relevant to yeah. uh, it's like it's been listening to what yeah, we've been saying to the conversations yeah for sure so yeah with regards to that I say that the advice from the from the universe would be just to carry on keep your head down carry on doing well and you make your own look. Interesting. What do you think these two, so these two figures at the bottom, like a winged bull? You know, I did read up what these guys actually mean, but 
what's that what's that theory where you only actually remember like 10% of what you read <laughs> I have that issue a lot yeah same because they're all they're all reading books aren't they yeah they all look very like erudite and Isn't it celestial like a, it's like a kind of dog I'll tell you what that looks like a fucking dog man oh yeah there's if a that's not a dog man then what is it that is a dog man that's with, a dog man with that ass yeah. yeah, I was going to say it's, it's like big the dog man. The dog man is clasping the wheel of fortune betwixt its cheeks. <laughs> it is. <laughs> the dog man. That is what we need to look at. Literally, dog man. It's and the that, dog man. That's that's. What's insane is that this card flew out from the deck, didn't it? Yeah. I didn't even deal it. It flew out on its own accord. It doesn't happen very often where every single card is a hundred percent like right mm. and um, with just those five cards we were given a timeline of what happened yeah to these previous occupants of round loaf and it was just like as I was as I was reading and, and deciphering what was in the cards it just felt like I get like a strange warm feeling in my stomach which tells me I'm on the right track with a tarot card reading and um, the, the, the three minor, minor arcana cards that came out, it was the beginning of the story, which the, uh, the two major at the end, it was like the conclusion of what actually happened to them. Yeah. And it was almost like I gave the spirits in the area my cards and they flicked through them. They found <laughs> the ones that were most obvious. Yeah, that one first happened, then that one happened, and then that one happened. Yeah, and we saw that for sure with the yeah. Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, yeah. When it, yeah, I didn't that even was, have to deal that. It that just, was pretty extreme. Just yeah, jumped out. The yeah, I didn't, it was a jumper. I didn't have to deal it. It just, it just popped out and then it slapped Buckley in the face as well. <laughs> How long have you been reading tarot cards for? Oh, only about five years, really. Only about five years, and I do it in fits and starts as well. I don't do it consistently. I'll probably have like three or four months where I do it every day, and then I'll be like. I forget that my cards even exist for weeks mm. and then all of a sudden I'll get a phone call saying can you do me a card reading I really need one and I'll be like yeah okay and then all of a sudden the, the thirst for it comes back again and all yeah. of a sudden it's like I really enjoy it and so yeah it's been like fits and starts for the past five or six years but do you do any other kinds of divination yeah I've got my uh, got my little rods got my divining oh, yeah. rods of course. I would have loved to have used them more today but obviously it was just so windy so yeah it's like, you know, you can't, you need, you need to be able to tell if you're getting an actual yeah. answer mm, or not. Instead of, so, yeah, 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 I was, in, I was, the rods, I really loved the idea of, of, the, the, of the divining rods because um, I was inspired by that chap from Exton. I think he's, I think he was called James Longton or Jimmy Longton or something like that. And he was, uh, he was an expert um, at divining rod. Right. You know, he was, you know, employed by the royal family to search out like Nazi gold. Wow. Yeah, yeah, for real. And he would find like uh, Roman roads for archaeologists with just his rods. And he was from Axton. He was from Axton. Yeah, he's passed away recently. Um, but he would, you'd see him on his little mobility scooter in Axton, ragging it around. And did he have like rods 
attached to the scooter? No, <laughs> no I never actually saw him with his rods, to be honest. But uh, yeah, and uh, you, you name it, he could find it with his rods. And since I heard about this guy, I Googled him, and then I was like infatuated with him yeah. for ages, thinking like, wow. What you know, how the hell is he doing it? You know, mm. and it's like, it probably weren't the rods, it was probably him. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what yeah. I mean? But yeah, what a guy. And it, since then, I've been intrigued by them because there must be something in it. If he's getting results like that, there's got to be something in it. Yeah. Yeah, more local crazy people. I'm not the only one. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs>